Welcome back to Sportsmates Offside Report, brought to you by the APL Live app. I'm Nick Guglielmino. Once again, I'm joined by my three panel of experts, Jimmy Zavo. Welcome. Thank you, sir. We're doing this thing again. Where we, yeah, we're, we're doing it. We're I sticking really like with it. it. Oh, that's it. good. I'm especially happy to be here this week. And you know why? I tell you what, when, when you're a United fan now, I think it's less about supporting United than you support the team, whoever Liverpool's playing. So it was a great weekend. I thoroughly enjoyed it, Nico, and I'm very, very excited to speak to you about what happened. Well, we will get into it shortly, don't you worry, Jimmy. We sure will. Al, welcome. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, guys. Yeah, actually, I'm very happy this week, you know, getting a point. It's it's (laughs) phenomenal. (laughs) Um, You know, Conte, two games, winning a draw. Unbeaten. Season as well in the Premier League, so things are looking up already. There you go. And Mitch Ball, last but not least. How are you? Uh, least, I reckon. Least, but, you know, the person that knows where managers are going. So that's okay. Um, that is very uh, true. A much better weekend in terms of, as Jimmy said, supporting the teams that Liverpool play against. And it couldn't have been sweeter. Just There's plenty of salt to rub into those wounds that you've got there, Nick. And um, that's what Jimmy and I are looking forward to more than anything else at the moment. Oh, I love how you United supporters come out of your holes when Liverpool lose a game. That just shows how good we are because, you know, for the other 10 weeks beforehand, you had nothing else to say. But let's oh, get straight it shows, into it. It shows how yeah. much you actually annoy us. That also shows because we're just <laughs> sick of hearing it every week. Well, mate, get used to it because it's going to be happening for the rest of the season. Um, but this podcast actually starting to become a manager sacking review show. Five managers this season have already been let go all in the space of about a month in the Premier League, two on the weekend, and there's two more potentially on the chopping block in Oli and Rafa Benitez. So we'll talk about those later on, as well as the latest outgoings in the manager roulette. But firstly, let's talk about the new coaches on the block. And Mitch, once again, as you said, you you predicted it and you called it weeks ago, actually. And I shouldn't be pumping you up too much because you'll start demanding a contract to be on this no, podcast. No, we but should. We should. Yeah. I can't believe it. How did, how, how did you know, Mitchell? The first, before anyone mentioned it, you were the first man to mention it. You said it's going to happen. Eddie Howe is going. It just made sense. He was the best manager. In my opinion, he was the best manager available that had had experience if they got relegated, that didn't doesn't mind going to a bottom table team, that is happy to build. And as far as I was concerned, like, you know, Emery, he came out, you know, and neglected it after we spoke about it last week. He pushed the job away and said he wasn't going anywhere because a part of me always is going to think that a big manager isn't going to want to come there and risk having to be relegated. They don't want that on their contract. They don't want to be a part of a rebuild. They don't want to be part of building a foundation. Mm-hmm. Eddie Howe has done that. He took Bournemouth from the fourth tier all the way to the Premier League and they stayed there for five years. Yeah. He can do it again. He can build this team up. He can build this team up to a stable team. And then that is when a Unai Emery, that is when a Conseca, that is when another manager will come in and hopefully take them to that next level. If Eddie Howe isn't that man, and he still could be, he's only 43. He's been at clubs that haven't necessarily had the cash, you know, influx or the cash flow to be able to go out and purchase players. He's now got a budget of billions. Um, you know, he has well, first and foremost, he will build that club up. And that is why I always thought he was the man. He might not have been the first man on Newcastle's list, as you know we saw in the papers. Yeah, he was about really fifth or sixth, to be honest. Bit of a Nuno situation, um, mm-hmm. and hopefully for Eddie Howe, it's a bit better for him. But um, oh, look, I'm excited for him. I'm, I'm happy that it's happened. You know, over this you know two week break here, where the international break, so that he can get time with the players on the training ground, because I think that's important. Um, I wish United were as smart to follow suit and get rid of Ole in this period, but that's another story. 
Um, but no, look, I think he's coming at a good time for the club. He'll get a chance to build with those players. And, you know, can he get the best out of Callum Wilson that we haven't seen since he was a Bournemouth? Same with Richie and same with Fraser. So I, I, I'm excited. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Eddie Howe back in the Premier League. I think we can expect Newcastle to go to a 4-4-2 um, and look to get, you know, Santi Maximan and Callum Wilson bouncing off each other and, you know, forward and just more exciting football, I think, than what we saw and what we have been seeing lately of them. Mm. So, I mean, they're the, they're the last team now without a win after Norwich's uh, win on the weekend. Um, and you wanted him there, now he is there. What are some of the key areas you think uh, he needs to improve straight away? Because there's a few of them. <laughs> Everything. Look, he didn't have the best defensive record at, at Bournemouth, but I think defensively, his, his average, I think he concedes an on average, I think one point, I think it's one and a half goals a game. Um, and you look at Newcastle at the moment, they're nearly up at two goals a game conceding. So, you know, if he can bring that back straight away, that'll change, that'll help. But honestly, they just almost look like they need a bit of belief going forward. A bit of luck. I mean, you know, they could have arguably won on the weekend if it wasn't for a, a very nice trip uh, as they was through on goal. So, but look, I think he'll bring that in that belief. But defensively, they need to be stronger. He need to get needs to get that structure back. Needs to get them playing out of the back comfortably. But you know, if you're going aggressive, defend attacks the best form of defense. If you're putting teams under True. the pump, you know, going forward, they've got to then worry about you. Not you know, if you're sitting back, you've got to cop it all and. You know, we've seen other teams try and defend too much and then they've just conceded goals and then they lose. So I think we'll see more attacking style from Newcastle now. Um, and Eddie Howe will certainly look to have that, you know, a bit of that extra structure and probably look to be a bit more a bit more defensive at times and I'll probably sweep, you know, go to a back five at times and then go forward again. But I think he'll look to, yeah, fix the back first. And they'll, I think they'll also defend from the front. They'll press a bit more. They'll look to really keep teams in their, in their half when they're coming out and, Oh, look, I think it'll be a t- total different team. It's whether it happens in the first week, you know, or whether it'll be a couple of weeks after that. I think, you know, much like Tottenham are now, it'll take, take Conte one or two games in the Premier League for that to click in, and then they'll be flying. Mm. And I think Eddie Howe can be the same. They've got Brentford first up, I believe. So, you know, in, in Brentford's current form, it's a, it's a good clash. It's, you know, it's a good opportunity for their Newcastle to get the ball rolling really quickly. And, you know, for Eddie Howe to start with three points and the players to have a bit more confidence in a coach that they know wasn't necessarily first choice. Mm. Mm. Um, you, you, we mentioned obviously we know they've got a bottomless budget. So Jimmy and Al, what what are the what are some of the players you guys would like to see join in January? We've had we've had a few names already thrown around, mostly the the out of favour stars like Coutinho, Icardi, Dean Henderson, and Jesse Lingard as well. Is that the path they should be going down? Because it'd probably take a massive budget for them. You know what? For me, sorry, I'll, I've interrupted Al. He was about to speak. He opened his mouth. I apologize. I'll be. I'll try and be quick with this. But for me, it's it's almost impossible to tell because he's got this skill, doesn't he, of recruiting players who you think are going to be crap, and they come in and they play a beautiful role. I hope the th- the same thing continues. I don't want him to just splash the cash and get whoever in because that can work. Um, it, 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 sometimes it doesn't work because they don't gel. There's no chemistry and that sort of thing. I'm extremely excited about him. He's got experience in the Premier League, number one, plays attacking football, number two. He's young and he's likable. He's about the opposite of Al, pretty much. But he's someone who can come in and start to build because he's got good connection with players. Now, he's not a big name that's going to come in there and say, I want him, I want him, I want him. Get him in and I'll do this. He can work with what he's got. And he had, when in Bournemouth, he had this... Uh, this uh, sign in the rooms, I think it was a quote from Muhammad Ali. And he said, what you are thinking is what you are becoming. And he used to instill that in his players. And I remember when Nathan Ake had this um, interview and he said, he's just one of the best managers in the world because he can 
talk to you one-on-one and he doesn't do it in front of other people. Sometimes after training, he'll take you aside and he'll go, we can work on this properly. And he gets the players to believe that they can achieve more. And I think that's, that's going to be perfect to see because he's got the budget now to play with. I don't think he just splashed it on anyone. I'm interested to see who he gets in. And I think Mitch, doesn't he, is it his, um, is his cousin or someone who's a scout? He's got a relative who's a scout who works really closely with him. He's one of the best scouts in the world because he can identify people who want to learn and want to get better. So I'm going to be interested to see who he picks. But Al, I know he's just going to go Harry Kane, isn't it? I wasn't actually at all. I, I, he's actually been linked with Mo Salah, I said. I, I saw this this morning. <laughs> That'd be quite interesting. But yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, Jimmy, he's, I mean, he's, he's pretty young. He is 43 years old. Um, that's a good age, actually, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, I mean, his, his man management skills are, are fantastic. So whoever he brings in, you know, that he's, that he's going to do a great job. And, and Mitch, you got it wrong. got it right. I'm, I'm never going to argue with you again. To be fair, to be honest with you, mm. oh, look, I think I Jimmy will. actually. I think Jimmy mentioned a good name there, Nathan Ake, the man that can't really get a gig at City. Could he come back to his former boss? City would probably get a pretty paycheck. All your money trend changing hands. Happy days. It's not a bad one, but I mean, coming, they'll need a lot of persuasion coming across to a relegation battle. I mean, what was the reason Ake went to Manchester City? It was to play Champions League, to win trophies. He's not. If he goes to Newcastle and He's like be any Champions other, League. Well, not this season or next season. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how all that goes. But we'll move on to the uh, the, the, the managers that did uh, see the door on the weekend. We'll start off with Dean Smith. Brings Aston Villa to the Premier League and then suffers five defeats in a row. And Crap. that's it. He's out the door. And we'll, we'll talk it about... Mate, we were talking about Aston Villa last week. I think it was you, Jimmy, that asked the question, mm. what's going wrong at Villa? We kind of all agreed that it was Jack Grealish, uh, that effect. And, you know, they, they, they brought in some players that probably need more time to gel. But Jimmy... had injuries as well, mate. Like, yeah, Well, that's it. Was, was it too soon to let um, Dean Smith go? Of course it was yeah. too soon. They've, just, they've lost five in a row. Okay, straight away, get rid of him, mate. He needs time. Wendy hasn't gelled yet, okay? Liam Bailey's been injured. Ing's been injured in and out. You're not going to get that exact, uh, that uh, instant reaction. I mean, Grealish, their best player, who they relied on heavily, is not there. You need time. This is a man who the, who the fans loved, and he was Villa. He, he was the club. And now they've just, oh, they started well. And if that, I think they were 2-0, were they 2-0 up against Wolves? At that, you've had to stop the season there, and they'd, and they'd beaten United and they'd lost just to Tottenham, you'd probably say, hey, Villa's not gone too bad. They're going all right. That quick turnaround, and then that's why they've lost five in a row. Straight away, bang, we'll sack him. What a stupid decision. What a stupid mm. decision. That, I think that for me, it's wrong. I agree, Jimmy. I think there are a lot of stupid decisions out there at the moment as well. Dean Smith yeah. going after 11 games. He's got a whole, he's lost his best player uh, yeah. with, with, with Jack Grealish going, you know, captain of the club. He's gone for a lot of money. He's brought in players that have to gel. And uh, mm-hmm. he hasn't had time. And it's it's crazy. Uh, in fact, I, I also read that he's um, a potential to take over at Norwich, which is... Yeah, imagine the straight swap. Why wouldn't you have him, though? Quality. But it, surely, yeah. boys, didn't he have enough credit in the bank? Like that's, I, I surely would have thought. And what's the difference now? Or you go, let's reset for this international break and see what you can produce. Like, why, why now? I just... It baffles me. Mm. No, I, I totally agree. 
just out of the blue. And yeah, as you said, like they had a $110 million hole in their midfield who literally, I mean, <laughs> I looked it up, but you know, you can probably say he was involved in 50% of their goals last year, if not more, you know, whether it was, and it was the heart and soul of the club as well. Yeah. You, you've ripped out the heart. Like, what do you expect? They need more than 11 games to get that together. You know, preseason doesn't change that straight away. You know, you've not replaced him exactly. You've, you've, as you as said last week, they've put players around him to cover holes. They need time. And as I Jimmy think, alluded to, injuries, it's, it's yeah. Sorry, Mitch, I was going to say with Jack Grealish last year, I think when he was out of the team injured, um, you know, there was a dip in form from Villa. Mm. So you, you see that. it's yeah That's what's happened this, this year as well. But they started off really well, as, as Jimmy mentioned. So, yeah, it's a crazy decision. But Hey, Alan, do you reckon, um, because you're very close to Villa and you've been there, I think you lived there for a while, you know what's going on in the ground. But do you reckon they last year probably overperformed and that's the reason why he got sacked like that was he's kind of a victim of his own success in a way because they probably they were knocking on the door of european football and then this year the expectations are a bit too high so as soon as something goes wrong you go oh get rid of him yeah exactly it's it's basically these you know clubs are just getting trigger happy at the moment hmm. you know they see they see all these all these decisions and they go oh you know we need to get this this manager in it's all about the manager but you know it's the, those players have got a gel together. And right now, yeah, it's it's a crazy decision. Mm. And I'm seeing I'm seeing talks as well of Steven Gerrard being the man to come in and replace him. And I for one would love to see that because I think he's a great manager. He took uh Rangers, he took Rangers to a championship last season in a invincible season as well. Didn't lose a game, uh knocked Celtic off their perch. So I mean, if for them to get rid of Dean Smith, they must have someone lined up. You'd have to think. And Sorry, Nick. Sorry, Nick, mate. But you know, we talk about farmers' leagues, but and the Scottish the Premier League is, is, isn't isn't fantastic. I reckon Mitch could go and manage he's their right. title. Come on. Well, this is going to be a good test for him. It'd be good, a really good test to see Stephen <laughs> Gerrard. There's another coach that's just got the name because he was a player. Like, yeah, there's Frank Frank Lampard is is on there as well on the list. He's on, the yeah. so he's on the list for Norwich, actually. Yeah. And speaking of Norwich and speaking of crazy decisions, Daniel Fark, they win their first game of the season, the Canaries, and Daniel Fark is fired a few hours later. I, I can't put... Yeah, dead set. Yeah. yeah. Well said, Jimmy. Um, Al, what do you put their failure down to? Was it Fark or was it the team? Uh, I honestly... Yeah. No, it's it's the team again. They just it's the players aren't aren't that aren't that good to be honest with you at the moment. I mean, he's he brought them up from the the championship mm-hmm. last year. Um, he had yeah, actually had one one of um the Spurs players there, Oliver Skip, who was phenomenal for 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 him and for the the team in the championship last year. Obviously, he went mm-hmm. back. He was on loan, so he went back to to Tottenham this year, and he's he's right right in the first first team. Um, but I, yeah, I just think it's again, it's pretty harsh. I mean, they obviously you won that. They, they they made the decision before the game on Saturday. Yeah, um, you know they, they had to. Yeah. Imagine going into the as the owners of the club going in there knowing that whatever happens, he's sacked because it's their first win, and then you had to make the decision a few hours later. Like God, they it, could have picked yeah. the worst time. Yeah, it's the power of the international break. This is the time to change yeah. managers. Um, again, I think it was a bit too soon though. Um, Mitch, what do you reckon? Look, I mean, we can say a bit too soon, but results don't say that. Um, but it is the squad. I don't, I agree with Al. Like, I don't think it has much to do with him. 
as a coach, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it is, it's that squad. They, they, we spoke about them, you know, a couple of pods ago in terms of they didn't bring up much. They haven't changed much since they were in the championship and you're in a whole different league against teams that, you know, if you have one or two players that aren't of the quality, they will be exposed. And, you know, we're looking at a Norwich team that probably has three or four players that aren't, you know, Premier League standard. So mm-hmm. it was always going to happen. It was just a matter of when. And it is, it's this international period where you've got this little two-week break. Teams can press reset. And, you know, some boards will use it as a chance to press reset and, you know, change things completely. And other clubs will turn around and say, look, you've got this two-week break to get it right. And if we come back, you know, first two games back in, if you don't get six points, that's it. And, you know, Norwich have clearly just, you know, pulled the trigger and, and gone, we'll make a change now. But, you know, besides those names that we're chucking around who are, you know, guys that have names as football players, not necessarily as managers, who's out there at the moment? Like, and that, that are going to go to those sort of clubs? Because I don't think there's that many managers that are around that will, you know, besides our usual ones that come out, you know, towards what, 10 games left in the Premier League season to save a team. There's not that many around. So it'll be interesting to see who comes in and replaces them at those surely clubs. The, surely they've got one teed up. You couldn't go into yeah. that with, without having someone teed up. And also coming up, I think they've, they've timed it specifically international break, but then they've got Southampton and Wolves at home, both two in a row at home, winnable games, Newcastle, Tottenham, that's an easy win. And then Man United, hopefully Ollie won't be there. And then Aston Villa. So, I mean, they've got a, they've got a period there where they can impress immediately. So maybe that's why they've timed it. Yeah, but I, I'm in agreement with all you guys. I, I think, well, before we move on, I may as well give my say. <laughs> um, I think Daniel Fark, <laughs> the, last, the last two um, campaigns they've had in the championship, they've, they've stormed towards the title. They've killed it. So that's what I judge Daniel Fark on. And I'd have to put it down to the owners not spending money. I know Mitch, you touched on it. Al, you touched on it as well. Oliver Skip was there last season and he returned to Spurs uh, this season, didn't he? So they, they didn't do much in the transfer market to bring in proven Premier League uh, talent. And they just, they, they've stuck with what they've had in the championship. And we know how big of a jump that is um, between the leagues. And if they're not willing to spend money, this is what happens. And, Unfortunately, yeah, I believe Daniel Fark was, um, uh, yeah, he was the scapegoat in it all. But hey, Nicholas, uh, sorry. yeah, sorry, before you move on, I had a quick question. We'll ask Mitch because he's like the gossip queen, he loves a bit of gossip here. I heard something maybe Todd Cantwell didn't get on with him, Billy Gilmore. Do you reckon that had something to play with it? Like the players weren't on his side, or you, you don't think that influenced the decision, or you haven't heard? I hadn't heard that, but to be honest oh, with you, they're two players that Norwich will probably look to keep long-term, but if they're going to go down, they're not going to keep them long-term. Mm. Like Billy Gilmore will go to another club and Todd Cantwell, he, I mean, I haven't seen much of him this year, but he's, he's got a, I mean, last time they were in the Premier League, he did quite well. He was a flourish. So, yeah. you know, they're players that arguably the next couple of years will probably look to be more of those maybe mid-table Premier League teams unless they really hit another gear. But if Norwich are planning their success or the rest of their career around those two players, and if they're not happy, let's sack a coach. Mm. they really want to hope they stay up. Otherwise they're going to leave anyway. And then you're like stuck with no coach that you like, and you're suddenly two key players are gone too. Mm. Well said. Enough about the, uh, enough about the managers getting sacked and all the new managers coming in. Let's talk some football. And there was some big games on the weekend. Uh, we'll start off with the Derby, the Manchester Derby, Mitch, and also Jimmy. That's convenient. Save <laughs> the best till last. <laughs> I know what a what a cracking game that was. It was like uh, a training session for C- City. Uh, Mitch and Jimmy, what did you make of yet another 
embarrassing performance. Well, well wait a sec. Before you start, Mitch, you must be very happy, though, right? Over the moon. You got a good result there in the end, didn't you, with, with City winning? Look, I know what you're trying to say there, Alan. I'm just going to ignore it. And you're right, it was a good result because Ole's one step closer to being sacked. And that's yeah. the part I'll focus again, on. Again, you've got, you've got to back your manager here, guys. As you said, as Jimmy pointed out before, there's no one out there. There's, there's no one else. You've got no there's one no one else, but I'm sorry, you've played a back three against a team. Sorry, you've played a back five. You're playing three centre-backs against a team without a striker. So you've got, Silly. what, three players already not marking anybody on the whole entire field against Silly. a team, and I'll say it again, with the best midfield that are going to tear you apart. And that's all City did. Who, who was Harry Maguire marking? Who was Baye Mark? They were, they were not doing – they were passengers. You had, it was 8 v 11, and we had Fred still out there. So it's seven, you can, oh, issue galore. I can't even, oh, yeah, no. Nah. I, I, I didn't understand. So you can play three at the back against Tottenham. That's fair enough. They're, hmm. they're not a good club, but you can't play against, against Man City. They're not especially. a great, wait, wait, wait. They're a great club, but not a great team at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. No, they're not a great club. Until Conte's going to turn them around. I believe in that, Alan. You but you can Come on. Cancelo, on the, on the, he had three assists in, during the week. And mm. on the left there, they just had so much space. They knew to go down there. You can't play three at the back against Man City. I'd, it baffles me. Like, that's just standard stuff. Like, looking on the outside, why did he do that? That is just incredible. Well, I mean, playing so, playing three or five at the back or whatever it is, um, it, it takes one away from the midfield, which means they're going to yeah. get smashed around the ball. And yeah, that's exactly what happens. 67% possession. They had yep. the most passes ever against United. 753 passes City had. The most ever recorded against United since stats were taken. What was 1920s when Alan was born? It was just horrendous. They had 16 attempts to five. It was a training run. And Phil Foden spoke at the end of the game. He said just everything everything went well. It was fantastic. We, we played the game of our lives today, he said. And that was because of United, not because of them. In, in, in the second half, they're 2-0 down. 2-0 down in the second half. They didn't even try and make an impact after halftime. They didn't try and push for a in goal. Their, in their box at all. That's it. it it's half. just like it's like they were actually more concerned about not conceding five goals. They were just happy for City to knock it back and forth in their own half and just wait till the final whistle blew, which I just find baffling. I think Roy Keane was filthy. He's like, man, if, if this was in my day... I would come out of the tunnel and just, you know, make a make a huge tackle or do something. Well, that's it. Something to just get the fans up, up and about. It's a derby, you know. That's it. That's it. That's what you have to do. It's a derby. It's the Manchester derby of all games. Uh, you can't just let your rivals just toss the ball back and forth. But I mean, you guys, does is it? How does it make you feel seeing the United board? back Ollie in at the international break? Um, or do you believe they're just waiting for the right candidate to pop up? I, I think that we've said that it's like every week we say this, Mitchell. We're ready. Like, it's ready. I love it. Great bloke. Good man. Yes, he's a club legend, but it's time to move on. It's time to move on. We're just prolonging it for no reason. It just doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, they're almost, it's it like, we're not going to win it. Look at Alan smiling and laughing. Yeah. He's loving it. I absolutely, I am loving it. <laughs> oh, uh, to be fair, though, I did see there was one clip of um, it was Ole just sitting there on the bench, mm. um, and it was just a meme that went out, and and Pep Guardiola Guardiola was was chatting to his players, you know, pumping them up, and it just said, "Oh, who's who's losing two 0 right now?" Mm. Yeah, and it was, Ole just doesn't really do much. 
Yeah, he just doesn't know what he's doing at the moment, no. as he said. But you just but got you the lost the play. Lost the play. We saw it two weeks ago, I think it was, in one of the games, Ronaldo was subbed and then was actually coaching the players from the sideline standing next to Ole. And it's like, yeah. you know, in games, you look at managers and everyone manages differently, sure. But your team's losing. Your team's in a bad run of form. Talk to them on the sideline. Walk up and down as far as you can till the referee says, now stay, get back in your box. Pep Guardiola, he, he, he was up the whole time. He was chatting. He was, you know, he's excited. He's on the pitch. He's showing emotion. Yeah. And then you've got Ole losing who should not have a job. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get a pretty good pay out of this one. And he's just sitting back watching, counting days. Whatever he's doing at that club, whatever he's, he must know some secrets or something. It can't just be the fact he's an ex-player because if it is, this is ridiculous. It's beyond a joke now. There's not a, I don't think there can be a United supporter left that thinks he's still the right man for the job. Well, maybe he knows he's going to be gone. There's, there's been talks that Brendan Rogers might be the man. I, I don't know whether to believe that or not, um, but maybe he just knows it's just a matter of time. There's no way he can survive the next few weeks it's it's imminent it's going to happen so yeah but anyway i think we should move on to the other big game of the weekend that everyone seems to be talking about i'm not sure why really um huge liverpool west ham obviously liverpool lose their first game of the season which was it was an incredible run incredible run i think we should applaud that wasn't that good but yeah okay (laughs) before before i give my verdict on it jimmy yeah. You're the biggest advocate for goalkeepers. You would defend not, them through murder. It, You'd take a bloody bullet for them. Was yeah. Allison impeded on? No. For the first no, goal. No, he was not. Get up there, put your knee into him, go and 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 hit and go and meet the ball. No. You gotta be strong. And have an arm chopped. No, gotta be stronger than that, Nick. Gotta be Do you think all right? Uh, do you think goalkeepers are a protective species then? At times they are, but they shouldn't be. They get looked after way too much. And that was proper on the weekend. Didn't look after him too much. You need, to, you need to own your box, own your space, get up there. And he didn't. So, and he's a great keeper. I just made a mistake. And the one at the back post as well, had a poor game, but still, you know, West Ham, fantastic. And last year it started that momentum, but uh, I don't understand how this is not the focus. Nick, put this way down the rundown. He said, maybe we'll just touch on this. What? A win, great moment. One of the, and it was a good game. I mean, Liverpool scored some crackers as well. Let's not, let's not take anything away from that. But Mane's miss. Yeah. How good was it? I mean, had to no, score. Had to had score. Had to score at the end of the game. Open goal. Um, probably, yeah. Look, we probably didn't deserve a result, to be honest. I would have liked that goal to go in, but look, West Ham deserved the three points. They were the better team. We were due a loss. We've been undefeated in all competitions. There's a 25-game run. It was going to come to an end eventually. And playing West Ham um, over in London, it's you know, it's it's not going to be an easy fixture for a lot of teams this season. So you talk about Declan Rice. What about Fornells? Underrated. Alan doesn't think he's any good. I disagree. No, I thought mm. he was. It's class. He's a yeah. great goal as well. He scored. Yep. Bowen as well. Bowen's quality. Ben Rama's quality. They don't even need Lanzini anymore. And they've got a good manager that United sacked a few years ago. But yep. um, David Moyes, I told you, I told you he was decent. Alan never rated him. So I maybe the you. club's the problem at United. <laughs> no, nah, we'll be clear. Al does love him. He does love David Moyes, and that's fair enough. Why wouldn't you? Good manager. Had a hard time at United, but uh, they're going really, really well. I thought. No, they he's, are. He's getting, he's getting a lot right there. And the key thing is for me is Liverpool clearly, Klopp, I don't know what he did during the week. Maybe he thought it was going to be an easy game. But leading into that game, uh, West Ham had scored five goals 
from set pieces in the mm. last five games. Or sorry, it's four goals in the last five games. So going into that game, so clearly they knew they were going to target them off that. Um, and Klopp didn't do much about it. He thought Allison was better than he is, maybe. Yeah. Oh, they 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 targeted Allison. They targeted him. They they knew he knows how to command his box, Allison, and they created him, and it I worked for them. Al. What did that go on now? I was going to say that third goal, right? Kurt Zuma outmuscled yeah. Liverpool defense for that goal. Well, they to be honest, to be honest with you, you know, they he ghosted them. The mm. defending was was shameful, and I mm. thought you know Allison didn't have a great game, did he? But but Klopp, Klopp. He makes so many excuses every excuses. week. Excuses. Oh, he blames the weather sometimes, the grass. Oh, he woke yeah. up with a headache. Oh, come on, Klopp. And then he blamed that red card. He read that that was not a red card. No, it was not. You guys didn't think it was a red card? No, not a chance. Not a no, chance. He hit the ball first. Henderson just wanted it. He laid man. down for 20 minutes and just tried to yeah, get it. <laughs> Henderson makes was... plenty of tackles like that as well. Don't forget. Oh, jeez. I mean, it, it was almost a double footer. Almost. Usually, usually when you're that high up, usually when you're that high up, it's a straight red. I, I probably wouldn't have given him a red. Okay, fair enough. But it's yeah. it's not a bad shout to make. That's all I'm saying. I've seen some no, worse you could, ones. You could, you could you could mention it, but not as a manager. I just I don't like the excuse thing. You know, you come out and you cop it. They were a better team. We lost. We'll get back on the track. Not oh, here's an excuse for you. We'll use this one this week or this one. I don't like that. That's the only bad thing about Klopp. Love him. Great bloke, but that's the only thing. The excuses. Don't like him. Yeah, no, fair enough. He, he does love an excuse every now and then. They only come out when we lose, which isn't very often of though, course, so that, that's fair enough. You're not going to come out when you win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boys, in the championship, um, a lot's been happening there. A couple of other sackings going on in there as well, but Mitch, who would you say is the rising team over in Div 2? Oh, I knew you'd throw this one to me. I actually wanted to just chat about very quickly. We spoke about Bournemouth and we talked them up and they lose. So mm-hmm. there is that little bit of a curse at the moment with the pod. Um, yep. And I was I'd like to see they return back to some winning form. But look, for me, the team that's just popping up a little bit, starting to do the right things as I search back through my notes to look for it, it was, <laughs> was it second place? No, it was second place, Fulham. Fulham, yeah. Oh, yes. They've gone on this six-game running streak. They've just started to close the gap now that Bournemouth dropped those points on the weekend. 1-0. Um, Mitrovic. Yes, and Mitrovic. And I packed him on FIFA last night. And I was like, oh, hang on. You've got an inform. This is a good day. So, go. no, good look, time. they are starting to close that gap at the top of the ladder, which will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how, I mean, Bournemouth recovered very quickly from that loss. But, you know, Fulham six games straight. They'll keep the pressure on. Um, obviously, they get this little bit of a break now too. So, it'll be good to see what they do coming out of it. Um, but I know Al's got the biggest news, arguably. The biggest news, right? One I was going to mention then another sacking was Neil Warnock. <laughs> well, mutual agreement, you know, to, to, to leave. Yeah, that's that's always crap. We know that. Exactly. Uh, at Middlesbrough. So, and he's been replaced by Chris Wilder. So we, we mm. mentioned him this week from no, Sheffield Middlesbrough United. Middlesbrough and Fulham. Sorry, what was that? No, I was saying Middlesbrough and Fulham, where's it we're speaking about. Which is yeah, good but was, to, I was going to mention no, no, was the up and coming team that I was going to mention actually yeah. is uh, QPR. Ah, they're in the top in, six. They're in the top six and could be a good shout for the playoffs. You know, I'd like like to see them up in the uh, Premier League again because they're a, they're a great club. QPR, the Super mm. Hoops, and um, mm. that you know Lyndon Dykes plays there. That Aussie turned Scott. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. We don't talk about him too much because he's yeah, a bit of a right. traitor. I thought, that's we'll, what I thought we'll, we'll bring we'll him up. We'll still claim him. We'll still claim him. 
Don't mind him. Yeah. It, it does look like it, it's early on in the season. It does look like we're going to get uh, three teams we've had in the Premier League recently back up Bournemouth, Fulham, and West Brom. They look like the dominant sides. I'm impressed by Coventry City, though. Um, they're sitting fourth at the moment. And yeah, I, I think they're playing very good football. But down at the other end of the table, who wants to speak on some of the teams that are beginning to slide? I mean, we saw Al Derby. Mitch. We saw Barnsley. Well, I mean, Barnsley beat Derby on the weekend as well. So they got their first win. So they got out, which is interesting. They're still obviously it behind, is. sitting behind. Um, mm. They've jumped Derby County, but Derby have just been that the points deductions killed them. It has yeah. really severely hurt them. It's, you know, they're nine points adrift out of that relegate or nine points out of safety. So, you know, three wins. What was the point deduction for? Uh, the financial, wasn't it? Yeah. No, they, they went into yeah. liquidation or oh, administration. Oh, no, sorry. Fine. Yeah. And yeah, but that was, I think it was due to the, the pandemic, the struggles with the pandemic and they're trying to appeal it. So, and that's the club managed by Wayne Rooney. So, I mean, if things don't go too well for Derby this season, uh, Wayne Rooney could also be an option for a job in the near future. Like, if it's any, you know, United ex-player, they seem to just get old. He'll, he'll, probably, he'll probably manage United, I think. Yeah, be hey, probably the next one. Hey, Alan, what's the best thing about Fulham? What's the best thing about Fulham? Yeah. Well, I think Mitch mentioned last week, Scotty Parker. He's fantastic. He's a great mm. manager. And he should be, actually. He should be one of those in the Premier League they're talking about. But What about a home game there? Would you Have you been there for a home game? Um, I actually haven't been to a home game there, no. Um, it's it's a good area. Obviously, they're, they're up the road from um, Chelsea as well, down the King's Road. Yeah. Uh, it's a lovely, lovely place to go if, you, if you're out there. Um, it's a good club. So it's a good family club as well. So, um, um, Al, I'm going to pull an Alan here. Who who was the Fulham manager? Scotty Parker. No, he's a he's a Bournemouth mate. Scotty. Oh God. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was just last week. <laughs> oh, we Marco Silva that? is the man at uh, Fulham uh, at the moment. Well, you had the right intentions, yeah, Al, because there's, that's the reason why Bournemouth are top. <laughs> he went yeah, down with Scotty Parker took him down, didn't he? Oh, I've, he I've did. had a mad there, didn't he I? He did, and he did a jump over to, to Bournemouth, and he's he's loving life and leading. You know, he's just ahead of his old team, which he'll enjoy by two points. So Scotty Parker is not the best place about Fulham. There we go. <laughs> he's yet. No, he's obviously not. Well, that says a lot about them then. Well, who is it yeah. then? Mitrovic. He's pretty good. He should be, he's a good striker. I, I don't know why, you know, one of the the teams in the Premier League that haven't picked him up. But um he's he always score he scores scores goals in the Premier League and he's scoring for fun in the championship as well. I have a feeling they'll be back up uh pretty soon though, it seems. Oh and Al, before we jump to Jimmy for the City R rap, uh, mm. do we have to stop off at another country first? Yes, and we talk about new managers. Um, yeah. Xavi is going to Barcelona. And oh, we're talking about Spain here. We're talking about it. Spain, of course. Valinia. Yeah. Um, and Celta de Vigo at the mo- at the weekend versus Barca. You know, Barca were three three nil up at half time, I think, and then mm. cap- capitulated in the second half. It was crazy. Three all at the kidding? end. It was three all. Uh, I'd love to see all. it. Love I missed that it. one, to be honest. Um, was it, a, it was they, a late winner as well, wasn't it? For or late not, equaliser, wasn't it? Ninety fifth minute, the Barca oh, even had three brilliant. yellow cards for time wasting, but they still couldn't hold on. <laughs> it's just amazing. It's that brilliant, is isn't it? You love to see it. You love to see it. And who scored a Nothing brace better. for Celta Vigo? Iago Aspas, Liverpool legend. 
It is amazing that legend. when we had him. Legend. No. Oh, that was <laughs> legend a, obviously strong word. being sarcastic there. But he was trash, to say the least, when he was at Liverpool. Goes back, mm. to, back to Spain and he's Farmers League. one of their star players. Unbelievable. Speak about Farmers League, Nico. That's it. It's, it's time to go to Italy. My mm. favorite part oh, of the show. Is. And actually, to go along with the theme of the podcast, talking about managers, <laughs> yeah. Genoa have appointed Andre yeah, Shevchenko. Shevchenko. Shevchenko, huge, huge. Now, I, I think he's going to do, do a good job, but it's not just because he was a good player. He's actually done some stuff in the managerial world, which I think he's underrated these days. It's mm, another manager, but Genoa. Pardon? I said, tell us. What's he done? Yeah, no, I was... The thing is, right, for Genoa, this, this move is is very surprising because Davide Balladini, who was there, he's the, he was the manager at, at Genoa. This was his tw- it's his 12th, 12th stint of coaching, and he's never finished a full season. He's finished one in his first. The Italians love to change their coaches just in and out, in and out. He was there two seasons ago, got back, and now they've pushed him out again. So Shevchenko's got a bit of a, uh, a job to do. I don't think... Genoa will do much, but but we'll see. I think he is he's a decent manager. What he did with the national team was good. He's got that reputation in Italy, so hopefully he does well. But that's not what I wanted to speak about, Nicholas. I wanted to speak about a bigger story, which is Venezia beat AS Roma. Huge. Ooh. Mourinho again, and he's complaining, as we know, uh, Alan. He loves to complain about something. He complained about the depth of his squad once again. He wasn't happy with it. 3-2. Venezia won at home. Fantastic. Third. Third that's, win. Uh, that's that's five games now um, that he's lost Mourinho. He's lost yeah, five. That's, worth that's the, true. Worth the sacking. It's worth the sacking. <laughs> it wasn't in a row though. It's five games, but he uh, ever since that derby mm. loss to Lazio, they've just gone downhill, and they haven't been able to be- uh, beat those big sides against Venezia. They did capitulate, but they just can't finish their chances. They controlled the game, but I thought Venezia played it perfectly. They just waited for their moment. And then they attacked. They got up 3-2. Fantastic win. But that means, like you said, five losses. And they've collected just 19 points after 12 games, which is a worse record than Fonseca's was last season. And we know how that ended for him. So it's not all it's not all great for uh, for Mourinho. But he comes in there, you know, at the start when he's always like, hey, everything's great. I like this squad. We can do a lot of things. They start to lose. And now he's got a problem with the squad. So Alan called it. He knew this was going to happen, uh, but it's a great story for Venezia. So that was one of the highlights. Another highlight, though, I thought was uh, Verona because we know, guess who scored again for Verona? We talked about it last week, Simeone. Scored again, and they drew Napoli, who are on top. They're equal points with Milan. He can't stop scoring this man. Unbelievable. And we talked about the reason why the new coach comes on, Igor Tudor, who said, uh, I've got young boys. Listen to this quote. This is a good quote. He said, I've got young boys who are humble and ready to sacrifice. My style of training is hard to implement at a big club. You can't make someone like Ronaldo do it. That's what he's spoken about. The way he trains his players, big players like Ronaldo couldn't do it. And, this, and they're starting to climb. They're starting to climb. Brilliant. Simeone can't stop scoring. It was fantastic. Also, Napoli was disappointing because they've got a new kit. They've got the Maradona kit. I don't know if you've seen it. New design with Maradona on it, and they wore it. They're going to wear it three times. That was the first one. They let him down. They did. Terrible performance. I thought they should have done better. The last one was obviously the Derby. Milan and uh, Inter, fantastic game. They did draw one all. Uh, great penalty save by Tatsuru Shanu, who's the Milan keeper, and uh, he, he was the hero for them. So it leaves Napoli and bit, Milan. Bit of a, bit of a comical yeah. own goal, wasn't it? It was. It was a comical own goal. 
in the end. But uh, well, the the header, which was which was which was shocking. But the thing I wanted to ask you is right. Cholanoglu scored against his old team. Would you? And he celebrated. He went and celebrated in the derby. Would you celebrate against your old side? Uh, depends on yeah. the reason why you left. If they got rid of you or thought mm. you weren't good enough, um, yeah, I would. But if they if they had a big part to play in your upbringing. No, you have to you have to respect your former club. Mitch. Mm. Oh look, I'm in a grants. If you've got those ties and you know you've left on good terms and you left because you wanted to do something else with the club, you know, you mutually parted ways, then yeah, no, play the nice game. If they got rid of you, as Nick said, because you, you weren't doing well for them or you know, they went and bought a better strike a better striker than you, yeah, I'd all for it. You know, get in there, possibly run even to the home fans and say this is what you're missing out on. Pop a yellow card for it. Whatever you got to do, just you know, make them know that they they're missing out. I'm for that. Mm-hmm. Alan's got no mm-hmm. friends. He's got was, no time. For I don't anyone, have any so friends. What no. would he do? So what say, would you do? It depends on what, where it is. If you got, you talk about Emmanuel Adebayor. Um, mm-hmm. He played for Arsenal, and then he went to Tottenham, oh, yeah. um, and he scored against Arsenal, and he ran the hot the length of the pitch to celebrate in front of Didn't the. He Arsenal. do that for City as well. To go. He did that he, for he, City. I, yeah. I think he did it. Yeah, he's done it to a few a few teams, but I mean, this this one was just mm. it was it what was a brilliant brand. disrespect. Chelsea made his bones at Milan, and then he went to Inter and scored and, and celebrated. Didn't like it, distasteful. Another another interesting fact before we move on, because I know you guys think it's a farmers league. You're wrong. Juventus won by the way, one 0 over Fiorentina. Great result, fantastic, loved it, brilliant. Uh, Lucky Conte. Conte was was brought up in Lecce. He played for Lecce, which is a part of Puglia at the bottom of the of the boot, right? And uh, he played for the club. He moved to Juventus, okay, and he scored against Lecce and he celebrated. And from that moment, they hate him, don't like him. He went back at the end of his career to play for Lecce. He apologized for it and they booed him. They booed him. So everyone in Italy loves Conte for what he's done except for people from Lecce. They don't forget. Italians know how to hold a grudge. I'll tell you that much. Isn't that what happened with Maradona as well? We won't go into it. It's probably another, yeah, story, but, another pod yeah. story. No, no, that's that's true because when he, so when he was playing at um, at Napoli and they played in the uh, in the World Cup, mm. uh, he told the people of Napoli, he said, "Well, you know, every other day of the year, no one else in Italy likes you. They call you scum, and then you're going to sell it. You're going to cheer for Italy in the World Cup. No, you cheer for Argentina because I play for Argentina. Basically, I'm summarizing what he said. But um, yeah, they didn't like, and he scored against Italy, but the Napoli fans didn't like that, and he celebrated. Was it like the, and- the, the winning penalty in the penalty? Pen- yeah, yeah shoot- penalty shootout. That's right. It was a winning penalty. And then that's when the, the cracks started to appear and they said, no, yeah. we don't like you, that sort of mm. thing. So it's interesting. But um, those Italians, I'll tell you what, they hold grudges and they're all about respect. Before we move on, Jimmy. On that note, uh, let's move on. Uh, uh, no, before we move on, I wanted to just to go back to the Jose conversation and oh, ask yeah. you, what about him? Do, do you actually believe that the game's gone past him? That the game's gone past him. Mm. You, know what? I, you know what? I, I kind of, I, I'm always for man management. I think that um, the the old days when he started, I think there's been a huge change in how players are these days. And that's just the way they are, their mentality. And, and I think that he finds it harder now to relate to players or at least get them on his side because he's more of an like, authoritative kind of manager. Mm. Like you do this, you do that. There's no like bonding 
type of thing. And I think back in the day that worked and, and plays related to that. These days it's, it's different. A lot of the managers that are, are that successful can build relationships with players off the pitch. I think that's something he struggles with and he can do it at the start because he sells a lot of promise as a group, but individually, I, I, I think, you know, players don't react to that well because he puts them out to dry. They're, they're playing poor. He'll tell you in front of the media, they're poor. My squad's not good enough. And he'll have a go at you. I don't think that works anymore, to be honest. I, I agree with you a little bit there, Jimmy. But I think mm. I think the players are getting a little bit too soft as well. Okay. Yep. Too much. You know, there's too much man management and stuff like that. They should be out there, you know, running hard. Like we talk about Deli Alley at, at Tottenham when, when mm. Mourinho was there. He just, you know, he, he basically bagged him out on a documentary. Yeah. Said he was lazy. Um, and look at him since then. He's just gone, down, gone, gone downhill, I think. You know, they they just got to play for themselves as well. I think they just they get protected. The, the players, players are soft. It's no surprise, Al. You, yeah, you, I mean, back in the '30s when you were going at school, it was strict. You get whipped and stuff like that. But the yeah, you used to get the cane. Days, you get the cane. Yeah. That's right. People are these days. It's a little bit different now. I agree with you. That players are soft. I'm just saying that majority of them now, and especially when you like you, when you when you're going through school and everything like that, and you know that you're going to be a professional footballer, you're kind of like, you're, you're all popular at school and no one's going to tell me what to do. And that sort of thing. You get into an environment, an old school coach who tells you, Hey, you're listening to me or nothing. They don't uh, react well to that. So I think that's part of the reason why he's losing a little bit of that man management style. I don't agree with that. I agree with you, Alan, that, uh, that I think some players are soft, but I think that's the reason why. Mm. It's an interesting uh, discussion to have, actually. You both make pretty valid points. Uh, moving on, though, to my favourite part of the podcast, and it's the Play of the Week oh, segment. God, this is good. So I'm, I'm going to love this. Uh, there actually wasn't many standouts, to be honest. Not as much as some other weeks. So, Ooh. yeah, um, I'll throw to you, Al, to start us off. Well, Mo Salah's not in there this week, is he? That's, well, that's why. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, he's gone. He's not scoring any goals anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's um, on a bit of a drought. Well, so is Ronaldo. Uh, but Kurt Zuma, I'm going to go for him. We mentioned him before, but um, he, mm. was, he was class. And Fantastic. what a great, you know, solid buy from uh, from Chelsea, uh, from West Ham to to Chelsea. That yeah, unbelievable. Had a good game. We conceded two great goals moment. as well. Could That's have easily fine. been three goals. Brilliant. Yeah, but Mitch um, is yeah. laughing in the corner. It's <laughs> <laughs> just anything to give Liverpool some light in a story. Exactly. That's I'm just saying, like, okay, if you're going to give a defender some votes, um, I mean, well, okay, yeah, he scored, scored a goal. Yeah, he did. He, sc- yeah. He, scored, he scored a great goal. It was. It was a good goal. Yeah. Beat, beat, right, yeah, beat fair enough. Happen, you know, you admire yeah. a lot there. What, what more do you want him to do? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. quiet. Yeah, he did. He did. To be fair, well, you just don't like it. He, he used to he used to play for Everton as well, didn't he? Or for one uh, he had a spell at Everton, I think. Yeah. Oh, I, I have nothing against him. I thought he was very good. Um, <laughs> we won't be worthy of three votes though. But he scored against Liverpool, so he's dead to me. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I was All never right, going to get any points from that. Well. <laughs> no, you weren't. Nah. Well, now that I know that, you know, one point's gone, so I'm fighting for two or three points here. Um, and I think this is worthy of three. And, you know, Al, I know you'll correct me if I get this wrong, but I believe I got my J's wrong last week. So is it Jao Cancelo? Is that correct? 
That's correct, mate. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Al was Thank filthy you. on that. Yeah, I didn't love that one. So, no, I'm going to go for Jao Cancelo. He was, you know, we spoke about United. Portuguese, not Spanish. <laughs> yep, there's a difference. Uh, no, look, we spoke, we spoke about United tolls, but he was immense you know, down there. He, you know, arguably he's Jeez, one of the best. My dog's not happy with this nomination. No, you, oh, no, actually, I think that means, no, that's three points. You're saying give him three points. Is, is it? No. It's, loose it's translation. <laughs> but, no, look, had one assist, you know, he had two shots on goal and he had a block. And, you know, we, we know United only had four or five shots. So he was there. He was in the, involved. And, look, he was a big part of, you know, he's a big part of what City do, obviously, playing football. We mentioned him earlier in the podcast, getting three assists earlier in the week. But, you know, he's huge in what City do. He can play football. He passes. You know, he had, he had 89% passing percent, you know, accuracy as a fullback. You know, he was doing whatever he wanted. And, you know, he's mm-hmm. my three points from that game. Made, made Luke, Luke Shaw look uh, overweight and slow again. I mean, it's not. It's not hard these days. Not hard, yeah. Uh, Danny Rose would give Luke Shaw a run for his money. And that says, you know. Mm. <laughs> and Jimmy, you've got a surprise for us. Well, this is. I think this is the. This is the week now. I know. I finally get three votes. I've been waiting. You haven't given it to me. You're very biased. Um, the reason being, Al shocking nomination. You know, if anyone plays against Liverpool, you're not getting. The, you're not getting the three <laughs> votes. Mitch Cancelo. Yeah, he played against United. It was a training run. So no. This one, and I might need Al's uh, help with the pronunciation here as well. Uh, ben White for Arsenal. Benjamin. Unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable game. And the reason being, and you know I like the storylines here as well, when he got the 50 mil, he came over and everyone's like, what the hell? We played 50 mil from this bloke from Brighton. He is shocking. And what he's done, he's turned it around. He's he's played brilliantly. And that run that started, it led to the goal as well. And you, you, there's nothing better than a centre-back who goes and runs and creates. And I think that his confidence has skyrocketed, as is Arsenal's, who are playing brilliantly at the moment. I don't think they would have got the result without him. And that's why he was undoubtedly the player of the week. Three votes, Nicholas. Thank you very much. I do like Ben White. I, I liked him at Leeds United. Um, I liked him at Brighton. He's a very good player. Uh, but I'm not going to give him the three the votes. I'm going to give it to Cancelo. Oh, he was Very the nice. best player of the week. Two assists. But what he about Josh King was five... going to score that volley and, and Ben White throws his body in the way, stops oh, it. He was he very good. that goal. He was great. He gets, he was he gets my two votes. It was a good shout. Absolutely. Which means Zuma won. If you get turned inside out by Divock Origi, mate, you're getting one vote. Sorry, Al. <laughs> this is crap. This is crap. He scored. He scored the, didn't he score the winner? He scored the winner, yes. But he, I mean, if we're going to give uh, defenders uh, more than one vote, they have to at least keep a clean sheet. Sorry, I feel like mate. a man. I feel like a man that's been hard done by here is Nick Pope. I mean, what else could he be done that's, on the weekend? That that is true as well. And I normally stick up for the keepers. But yeah, I just wanted to throw it up because I'm not biased because I thought this was the one three votes. It had to be. Which I'm going to challenge this. I will challenge this, Nick. I will come um, back. Nick Pope's also a very good shout. A good result there for Burnley at Stamford Bridge, which we didn't actually talk about today. Probably should have. If there, if I was a Chelsea well, supporter, sure give us a quick Give us a quick summary. Back. Nick, give us um, a quick summary about that game. Chelsea aren't going to win the title. That's my quick summary. They could have scored about ten, couldn't they? It just felt like a bloody, felt like it yeah, avalanche from Chelsea. Twenty-eight we'll shots classic. to one on target. Yeah. It was a classic Burnley performance, though. All of a sudden, the keeper comes out and is the world's best. You know, we saw it with Tom Heaton a few years ago. You know, Nick Pope. You know, they Burnley just somehow their goalkeepers turn on and have absolutely massive days out. And as always, Burnley will create one or two opportunities. 
and nine times out of ten they'll score them. And you know they went up and they scored it straight. You know they got their one opportunity, and then Vidra had an opportunity late that you know arguably could have at least gone on target and and possibly even won the game. But it was just Burnley. We're now seeing the Burnley that we all expect to see during the Premier League season that goes it somewhere and gets you know a point where they shouldn't. Mm. Um, and I didn't see Chelsea dropping points against them, but this is Sean Dyche, and this is what he does. <laughs> What's Absolutely. the best thing about Burnley, Alan? <laughs> yeah, good call. See, I like Chris Wood. He's pretty, uh, pretty decent up front. Have you been there for a home game? Pardon? Have you been What's there that? for a home game? Turf no, Moor. been there at all. No, Turf no, Moor's no, great. I, I don't go really north of the border, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even been what to is, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They, they can pick him out. Yeah, they that's true. Him out you haven't been. You haven't been. Which is a shame. We're talking what, about what Chris we talk about the stadiums here. <laughs> we've got like we should go there here. and do a podcast there at, the, at Tottenham Stadium when we're allowed. That would be fantastic. That would be. That would be brilliant. Um, weekend preview. We there's obviously oh, no yeah. uh, Premier League this weekend. The international break, but one game oh, to look out for Have during the international. Get some sleep. Get some sleep. Socceroos, mate. Socceroos oh, versus yeah. Saudi Arabia on Thursday. Oh, the classic derby, the rivalry. That's it. Eight o'clock PM our time, which is definitely one to watch. Is there any yeah. other ones out there? Does anyone else have yeah. any other suggestions? Italy, Italy Switzerland, six forty-five on Saturday yep. morning. I think it is. Good I'll probably there. watch South Melbourne, Melbourne City in their FFA oh, Cup. Yeah. Ooh, That's, yeah. I do yeah. like seeing Alice, you know. Where is yeah, it? Is it, like Lake, seeing, is it at Lakeside? Yeah, Lakeside Stadium. Or is, I think, I think uh, City are referring to it as uh, Lakeside Athletics Track, giving South Melbourne absolutely no credit. No credit. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll be good. should be a good game. You know, South Melbourne fans are always very vocal. Mm-hmm. Are you going to get down uh, there? Oh, I'm considering it. <laughs> That's gonna, a no. No, I'm not getting, no, I'm not going to get there. Looking <laughs> anywhere near there. <laughs> Please. That's a, that's actually a decent shout, Mitch. I don't mind the the underdog game that you've thrown in there. But that just about wraps it up for another week. So thanks, boys, as always, for jumping on and sharing your thoughts. And we will be back in two weeks after the international break. But until then, enjoy the football.